river was silent and the shoals were not visible. The silver was hidden and the river had no bed. In the twilight The sun still shone bright And at midnight The girl With sweet grass in her report here at the CITR Radio 101.9 FM broadcasting live from the unceded territory of the Musqueam people and the UBC Point Grey campus in Vancouver. Um, I am so happy to be here today and we have a very exciting show planned for you today. There's a lot that's been going on, a lot, a lot, a lot of shows have been going on in summer and because we are bi-weekly um, it kind of just accumulated and now we get to talk about it. <laughs> a lot of reviews today. And I'm here with the Margarita. Yay, she's finally joining me again. I'm not super lonely. <laughs> Back again. I've been very lonely. Uh-huh. <laughs> Talking about my, like just by myself. I mean, I, I don't know what to do. No, just kidding. Um, but anyway, um, I want to start the show talking about Bard on the Beach. So for those of you who don't know, Bard on the Beach is this really, really cool festival that happens every year. This is their 30th year, wow. 30th year, yeah. So the sh- the festival itself has changed a lot since it started. It has um, become bigger, become better. Um, the stage is a lot more structured. It's a lot of changes and it's very, very exciting. And this was actually my first year attending Bar on the Beach and the reason I know it's changed so much is because I've heard <laughs> I was listening to people talk and they were very just impressed at how big and how um, stage like a play at the at K- Kitts Beach still looks um, yeah it was pretty fun but um, so the opening night for the festival itself was also the opening night for their first out of four plays so the four plays that Bar on the Beach is going to have this year is Taming of the Shrew, Shakespeare in Love, All's Well That Ends Well, and Cori- Coriolanus. And I was very fortunate to be able to watch The Taming of the Shrew. And The Taming of the Shrew, for those of you who don't know, is one of Shakespeare's comedies. It was. It is also one of Shakespeare's most controversial comedies because it can be often read as very miso- 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 miss... Wow words what are words today sorry guys (laughs) 
Mr. Miss. Oh my God, Marguerite please help me here. Misinterpreted? <laughs> no, Miss. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, that was hard. But yes, misogynistic. Uh, because it is a play about this woman. Well, it's about several two marriages basically. Um, but specifically the taming of this woman who is known as a shrew because she has a very quick mind and a very quick tongue and she speaks what she thinks and she doesn't take no as an answer and she doesn't want to be sold for marriage for other people and that makes her a shrew um, to the people at the time at least because I'm the same and I'm not a shrew <laughs> but anyway that's part of the reason it's considered so controversial because when you read the play um depending on how you read it it can be interpreted as very much a play about a man who's breaking this woman's strength he's breaking he's breaking her core he's breaking who she is and she becomes the perfect wife or so we think and Barton Beach there's this amazing thing where they completely reverse that. They saw this relationship between these two people instead of him, Petruchio, controlling her, Catherine. It's more of a partnership because they realize they're actually, they actually found someone for each other that is actually able to talk to them at the same level or respond with the same level of wittiness. And from that partnership, um, Although they don't change the script that much, um, it's just about the intonation and how those lines are said. Okay, that completely reverses the idea of the entire play, which was very, very fascinating. And not only that, uh, that's the, one of the first reversals. The second reversal is that this play, originally set in, in Padua, Italy, or somewhere around there in the Mediterranean, um, this play now is set in the Old West America, in the American, the like Old West in the 18 whatever. And it's very fun. So it becomes like this um, bang bang comedy. Very, very, very funny. Um, and the other thing that, that I want to mention, this is about Shakespeare in general, is that sh so the reason they were able to do this and I'm going to go back to this point consistently um, about this reversal of really creating that partnership between these two people is Shakespeare's plays don't have any action lines. There aren't any walk in, walk out, do this, do that. It's just the speech. So all the cues you get are from the speech. And that's what's fascinating about Shakespeare in general and why he I believe to this day is so relevant is because it can be so it can be interpreted in so many different ways and can be reinterpreted in so many different ways like Barton the Beach has proved to by making Taming of the Shrew which is one play that I've always loved because of Catherine I've always loved Taming of the Shrew because I've always loved Catherine and it always made me sad to watch the end of the play because it, it always felt like she was just broken spirited by the end and for the first time I watched this play and I felt light and I felt happy and I was just so happy that that couple had found each other 
And I kind of left thinking, wow, I really want to find a husband that understands me like they understand each other. Um, which is really funny, which is like a complete reversal of what is originally expected of Taming of the Shoe. Um, the acting was incredible. The Each character had its own very specific personality and each actor really did bring their own character to life spectacularly bringing in quirks that i did not expect to see bringing in um even they did add a few more expressions to make it more american western um that they did change a little bit and it did change some of the order of the script um and i only know this because i've read taming of the shrew and again it's one of the plays i do enjoy reading although it made me sad and now i'm gonna read it with new eyes and i do want to uh say that hortensio was amazing he i never saw him as a fully comic relief in the way that i saw him there and just an amazing characterization and so quirky and so nerdy and I was just kind of rooting for him although he was not the main character he was a very very secondary character I was kind of just rooting for him like for things to work for him as well because I don't know it just there was something in my heart that was like oh my god this little guy he's making me laugh so much a very very entertaining evening um another thing about Taming of the Shoe and about Bard on the Beach in general, which I think is very, very cool, is that what would be Bard on the Beach if you couldn't actually see the beach, right? So the set is constructed in a way that allows you to actually glimpse into the ocean on Kit's Beach. And when the when the play starts around 7.30, so it's still light out, and by the time the play ends, it's about 10-something. And so as you watch the play, you also watch the sunset. And it's the most beautiful thing. And if you go online, you will be able to find a few pictures of, this, of the stage, or at least um, of set design of the stage. And it's very... It's just very beautiful. It's, it's beautiful how they were able to incorporate this very specific uh, Vancouver element into a play that first... It's never was never wasn't written in Canada, <laughs> like wasn't written here. Second, is not set here. Is not set on this time. Is not set on anything to do. And although it and it doesn't make it feel out of place by incorporating that element. And uh, there is a moment in the play where there is kind of like going into this outerness, going into this outside, outside of society, as if Catherine was the shrew within her society her constricted society because she wants to break out and the moment she breaks out with um petruchio she's able to reveal her true self and be having that outlook onto the sea really highlights that because the moment that she breaks out is also the moment where they open even more the walls that are on the back so to reveal more of the back hmm. um the the sea the beach you know and so uh this i love when settings and now uh, you guys know this because i talk about settings a lot and costumes a lot because i do pay a lot of attention to detail and just 
the way the setting is working together with the play to construct not only a visual um like a visual sensation but also to enhance the meaning of the play itself to me is honest was honestly one of the highlights of the night and of course it wouldn't be me if i didn't talk about the costumes because they were gorgeous i've always wanted to try like i've always wanted to try one of those very frilly very big with the like huge butt thing dresses you know like from the 1800s and watching this play i just wanted to try them even more so much more i just that's all i wanted i was just looking at the dresses and i was like oh my god i want to like i would love i would die to have the chance to wear that dress <laughs> just for like a minute but um even the costume design is so 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 it helps tell the story so well um bianca who's catherine's sister and kind of the reason this entire play ha- this entire situation happens is because bianca has is the perfect daughter right she's the the very frilly girl she loves getting dressed and she loves she's almost submissive she's the guy she's the girl that everyone wants to marry and she has a number of suitors and Catherine is a shrew but she's the older daughter and so if Catherine doesn't marry bianca can't marry and so Catherine needs to get married so bianca gets married as well and it's very very what's the word i'm looking for impacting uh the difference in costume between the two sisters and not only between the two sisters but among the cast in general uh but specific but especially between the two sisters because with Catherine we see a more somber uh darker color she's not trying to make people look at her she's not trying to see she's not seeking attention um she she knows she's going for like for more somber colors uh, uh smaller silhouette and once she goes into the outside kind of like breaking from her society um she takes on parts of masculine clothing as if to say this is the new me i'm gonna create a bridge between the out there and the society and i'm gonna be me i'm not a shrew i'm just me which i really appreciated and then on the other hand we have bianca with the most gorgeous dresses i've seen so full of little details flowers butterflies so many different things very very frilly very um what's the art movement i'm thinking about (laughs) um that's the art movement i'm thinking about and it she literally looks like she's one of those women just taken from the painting like one who's wearing one of those very perfect dresses and the contrast and it just creates this beautiful contrast between the sisters uh that enhances the play as a whole so i think my biggest praise for born on the beach is that every single detail was thought of this is a beautiful production very entertaining very very incredibly funny i laughed the whole way through even though it's shakespearean language it's still shakespearean language it's still that very complicated that language that many people think aren't isn't accessible but the actors and the setting and the costume have brought it to life in such a beautiful way such a cohesive and comprehensive way that even if you don't understand the language fully i mean you will understand 
a lot of it regardless because they are speaking fairly slowly and very well and with a great diction even if you don't understand a lot of it or most of it you will still find it very funny and hilarious and you'll be brought into this gorgeous environment be brought into this story and yeah i mean i can't praise bard on the beach enough for this play and i'm very much looking forward to shakespeare in love which is opening next week and we will be able to also review that uh two weeks from now when we have our next show and besides that um i don't believe we'll be able to talk about all all's well that ends well as much and neither about coriel coriolanos 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 yeah i'm guessing um but since i have a little bit of time now i would like to say uh that even if you don't want to watch Taming of the Shrew, if that's not your style, Shakespeare in Love is not a play actually written by Shakespeare. So we have very regular language, very colloquial language. Uh, it was originally a film that is that was then transformed into a play and now is being put on by Barn of the Beach. And All's Well That Ends Well um, is a very interesting read on a... On a on on a on a play that's very well known and the thing about all well that ends well is that it's set in sorry can i confuse that oh right okay she's pure yeah so yeah so all's well that ends well is set in india which is again not where it was originally set but it does create an interesting layer to be analyzed and there has been a lot of research done and uh, a lot of the cast and staff is from india which makes me really happy which means there was obviously a great deal of care taken into portraying to portraying things accurately and Coriolanus is the last play of the season it will be ending on September 15th so Bar of the Beach just started you have until September to catch at least one show and I do say this because you should watch at least one show um, and it's about a war and I'm not super familiar with it but we'll have more time coming up and we can definitely talk more about it. And again, uh, we'll be talking about um, Bard on the Beach again a few two weeks two weeks from now. Um, so don't worry about it. If you want to know more, we are for sure going to have it here. And now we're going to take a quick PSA and ad break. And when we're back, we're going to have... Um, Margarita talk a little bit about a film she watched yeah cool that's that's it this band is really good and I've been wanting to find out more about local music yeah I heard about it through CITR and Discorder what's that 
Um, it's a radio station. You can review all the music that comes in and help out with touring bands or just do some data entry to get started in their music department. Oh, cool. Yeah, you can just email volunteer at citr.ca and they can help you get into the station or just come in whenever. Well, I'll be there, so... always wanted to be on the radio. Christy, you know you can do that at CITR and Discorder, right? What? Yeah, you can get a show or help with live broadcasts and interview people at shows around the city and make ads and PSAs that play during the shows. Wow. Yeah, just email volunteer at CITR.ca and they can help you get started or just come into the station whenever. I will. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we're back. So, Margarita, tell us about what film you watched. I watched The Extraordinary Journey of the, sh- of the Fakir. Um, it was a production of A to, C- a to Z Films, and it was directed by Ken Scott. Uh, it's going to be opening in cinemas in two days. I just got a preview link. I'm just going to say, first of all, that I recommend seeing this movie. It was all in all a very fun time. Um, the story tells uh, about a guy from India who had a very like winding story and as many romantic tales go he went went back to where he's from eventually but he went to Europe he went there he went here he became a refugee at some point uh, fled the refugee camp met a lovely lady fell in love uh, won a lot of money lost it got it again I won't tell you the whole synopsis, <laughs> but there's a lot going on in that movie. It's very colorful, very fun, very high spirited and like lifting. Is it like a uh, like a drama or more like a comedy? It's more like a comedy. Okay. It kind of reminds like in the um, framework of it, the way have you watched um, the story of Pi? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the same in the way that there is a man who tells his story. So he tells a story to a group of uh, like juvenile uh, inmates, and he tells a story for a reason. I kind of didn't like the fact that he just went into it. Like the first scene is him walking into the prison and sitting down with those kids and saying, "I'm gonna tell you a story." I wanted, <laughs> I wanted like a little bit more, more context. <laughs> a little bit like, why are you telling the story? Who are you, dude? But, but do we ever learn why he's telling that story? Yeah, eventually, yes. I think it could have been, like, some points that bothered me throughout the movie was that some of the acting was, like, 85%. Like, there were moments where the acting was, like, a little bit awkward, in my opinion. But most of it was really great. Um, like I said, it was very colorful and fun. And kind of like... Um, humoristic um what else can i say i can say the name of the movie again the extraordinary uh tale and it's coming out the extraordinary journey of the fakir it's coming out in two days across canada um i was just curious like because it's the extraordinary journey so i'm imagining like is it really like extraordinary is it something that is like Oh my god, how did he like end up in the situation cuz 
like from what I heard and like the trailer and stuff, it felt like a mix between Mr. Bean and the story <laughs> of the life of Pi, the life of Pi. A little bit of that, you like know, heroic. like heroic. Oh, oh, the Hotel Budapest, the Hotel Budapest, I gotta the Grand say, I didn't Hotel. Watch it. Oh, okay. I haven't so watched it yet. I should say it's a beautiful film, and it's basically it's very very funny, uh, very colorful as well, very. It's the cinematography is honestly one of the best cinematographies I've ever seen in my life about so I've heard. the Hotel Budapest. And it's just a very funny story. That's a tale someone's actually telling to someone else mm. and about this crazy journey they go like this crazy adventure they go into. Mm. And if you've ever read um, or seen uh, A Tale of Unfortunate Events, like there are some elements that I that I think are similar and how um, the villains and how the heroes are constructed. And it's just fascinating to me. And that's what I'm curious about this um, Fakir's journey. Sorry, the, the, the extraordinary, extraordinary journey, journey of Fakir. Fakir. Yeah, you're good. Um, is it really extraordinary? Does it, ha- does it also pull from those elements? It's definitely like fantastic, fantastical mm-hmm. in the way of like close misses and things that are unlikely to happen, happen all the time. Mm, okay but, but isn't that like every movie um i don't know like not necessarily there are some movies that are very predictable and that's true there are that that's the thing i think there are a lot of close saves for sure i think the, the what can make a movie extraordinary or not extraordinary isn't necessarily that things that you don't expect to happen happen it would be more like things that i would never think that would happen happen yeah unlikely um like all of a sudden a tiger pops up like you know like there were some unlikely moments in the movie, but uh, there were also some kitschy m- moments, okay. in my opinion. But the kitschy moments were also just like some of the, like for instance, there's uh, in in some chain of events, uh, the guy gets a large sum of money into his hands, but he also ends up at a refugee camp. So he decides to hear everybody's stories in the camp, tell them like what they dream to do, and then he hands them out money. Out of That's his, beautiful, out of actually. That's very nice. It's very nice. I found it a little bit kitschy, but it's but, but at the same time, I but it's at the same time, yeah. It's maybe this is a feel-good movie then. For sure, like, it definitely is. Okay, yeah. I like feel-good movies. I think they're very summery. There are days, don't you have just days that you, you know, you don't want to watch a comedy that's kind of sad or you don't want to watch a drama that's just going to make you cry. You kind of just me want always. to like, <laughs> like a feel-good movie. That's always <laughs> me. Yeah, it's definitely a feel-good movie. That's why I say, that's why I said uh, in, to begin with, and also I'll say it again now, I recommend watching it. It's like a fun watch. I enjoyed that time that I spent watching it, and I would do it again. Awesome. And do you recommend it for everyone else? I recommend it for everyone else. Go watch it. It um, gets out to cinemas in two days. The Extraordinary Journey of the Fakir is directed by Ken Scott. Awesome. And so now we're going to do a few shout-outs. Because, like we said, there's a lot, a lot going on um, during summer. And unfortunately, we're just two people. And although we wish we could go and see everything, we're just two people with very busy schedules. And so here are some shout outs. I hope you guys enjoy. So first off, a really funny comedy show is coming to town. Um, So the stand-up comedian Sophie Buttle. She will be in Vancouver June 28th and June 29th. Um, she has been nominated for the Canadian Can- Canadian Comedy Award and is one of the writers for This Hour Has 22 Minutes. 
the name of the show is A Little Bit of Buttle. And she started doing uh, stand-up comedy when she was 15, wow. which is pretty young. And uh, she, I, that's really interesting because she actually, because you technically can't go into bars, right? <laughs> and do stand-up comedy huh. and when you're 15 because you can't go into bars. And so she told she lied to everyone and told them that she was 19. Oh, yeah, <laughs> very bad. That's that's a I feel that like that's a very comedian like on cue comedian thing to do. <laughs> that's a good line. Um, but yeah, uh, she actually won the best dirty joke award. So a lot of her her comedy is slightly dirty. If you enjoy that kind of humor, she is coming to town June 28th and 29th. What's her name again? Sophie Buttle. So Sophie and Buttle is B-U-D-D-L-E. And she's actually on tour across Canada. And those are the dates she will be in Vancouver. Uh, another thing that I found fascinating, and this is one of the things I really, really wish I was going to be able to attend, mm. is um, in Vancouver on the 24th. So this weekend not this week is it this weekend it's this monday this monday um an asl opera what's that is happening so asl is american sign language so this is an opera wow made by deaf people and it's i'm not entirely sure what it would look like i'm not entirely sure how it's constructed but it did leave me curious and a lot of the time a lot of times we forget not we forget that's not what i mean at all a lot of the times disabled people are left to the side in the arts and i really really do appreciate that this is taking place i think it's fascinating that's i think it's cool. a beautiful um it's a beautiful way to bring it together you know especially with opera which is such a sound heavy um mm. medium and combine it with asl um so the name of the opera is jesse and it's literally jesse and asl opera it's presented by uh renaissance opera uh created by lynn krentz and it's happening at the queer arts festival uh it's happening on at 7 p.m on june 24th at the roundhouse performance theater so if you are interested, check it out. Um, this sounds seems like an amazing opportunity to be, to come into contact with um, with ex- people whose experiences are, are different than. Well, I'm speaking from from my side, right? People whose experience I don't know, and people whose experience I can't necessarily uh, fully understand, but I'd love to understand, and I'd love to. Um, be able to just appreciate it. Absolutely. It makes me very curious to think what it's going to look like, feel like. Is it, is there going to be music and ASL translation or facilitation? I have, Interesting. Yeah, uh, there's not much said on their... Um, so the synopsis says, you failed a hearing test. No apologies required. It is a fact. You look around seeking validation and sense of belonging, but you know that this result will never change. You will always fail. With both hands tucked beneath your butt locks, you feel the world closing in. You can't remember the last time you felt warm and safe. It hits you. How strained and lonely it is inside the black box in the audiology department. 
an ASL opera is about one man's journey of self-discovery as he navigates death culture, queerness, and the rhythm of being human. Wow. So it does sound absolutely beautiful. I literally just got chills reading that. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, I might make an effort to go regardless of my very busy schedule. I don't know if I'll actually be able to. But this does sound like a one in a lifetime opportunity to see something incredible. For sure. Um, There is more. Like I said, a lot is going on. Uh, a lot is also going on with the Queer Arts Festival, which is going on until... It started yesterday, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it started this week. Um, and a lot of different things. Like the French Festival, there is a lot um, of things that are very... that are very interesting to go see. And to go experience because again difference different from other festivals the queer arts festival is going to is highlighting voices that you don't usually hear on the mainstream they're highlighting voices um that a lot of people relate to but they don't have a way to actually go out there and express and go mm. out there and connect to these voices and this is that's one of the reasons i really appreciate the queer arts festival is they are opening up and it's pride month so that makes total sense for sure they are opening up these discussions and so also happening in the queer art festival is uh unleashing the queen sorry that's not the name of the story the the name of the play is the queen in me and it's happening on june 21st to june 22nd so this weekend also at the roundhouse muse um, at 7 p.m. with ASL interpretation available on the 21st. And it's about this woman who is a queen and she's kind of taking out these layers to reveal who she really is. Hmm. It's um, I've watched the trailer for the play and she starts singing opera. She starts singing the... You know that opera? Yeah. That's really hard, really high pitched. Yeah. Very beautiful. She does it ex- like exquisitely. And she kind of just stops midway. And this is a, oh, I, I believe this is a one woman show with a piano player. She just stops and she's like, I don't want to sing this anymore. I'm tired. And it goes off from there. How, you know, the queen in me. And to, you know, we all have a queen in ourselves. So why not go see that? And. Ooh, there's more. And this time it's a movie. If you're not interested in theater. Um, and this is one that I am very interesting, interested in seeing. And we might review later. Um, it's called There Are No Fates. And it's about art forgery. And I love it already. I love art forgery. Not that I actually love art forgery. But I love documentaries about art forgery. Because they're just fascinating. And this one specifically is about um this is one is about uh an indigenous canadian artist who passed away and years later they won one fan a man who had several of his paintings discovered that one of the paintings that he had was a fake and the thing about this artist is that within the art world it was the complete it was constantly reiterated that there are no fakes by 
this guy. There are no fakes. There are mm. no fakes. There are no fakes. And then all of a sudden, yes, there are. And then what happens? And I want to get the name of... Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. Uh, there are no fakes. Moriso is the name of the artist and the documentary follows Kevin Heron oh, as he learns that one of his Moriso's paintings, the spirit energy of Mother Earth, uh, was a fake. Mm. And he actually decides to find fight for justice and find the source of these paintings, like these inauthentic paintings. And it's a very emotional journey uh, because it's they're going to uncover so many different storylines that are going on. And I think that's what I find fascinating about um, documentaries in general. Is, well, documentaries like these is that there could have not been a story there. And then all of a sudden, because someone was listening, they made an entire movie out of it. And I, I just I love documentaries. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have the time to watch as, them as much as I would l- like. Um, but this is one of those things that it was about the right people being the right time researching the right thing and all of a sudden finding they had some an amazing story on their hands yeah it makes you think how does that even happen right the crew is there at the right time and um last but not least uh there is this a shout out slash invitation because next week um uh there is going to be an opening uh, of the surrounded, the exhibit surrounded, Skina Reese at the Belking Art Gallery on June 27th. And if you've never been to a gallery opening, I do recommend you going. Uh, it's going to happen from 6 to 9 p.m. Uh, the Belking Gallery is located here at the UBC campus. It is completely free. It's a very beautiful gallery, gallery, very beautiful space. And they, I believe this exhibit exhibit is part of a series highlighting indigenous artists. Um, and I have yet to f- be bored in one of those exhibits. Hmm. Uh, the past exhibits of the series have been uh, very, very, very good. And I wouldn't expect anything less from this one. So, yeah, opening is happening. Sophie Bundle, the com- the comedian, is also coming. The Queen in the ASL Opera, which sounds fascinating. Those are my shout-outs for today. And I'm gonna we're going to do another quick PSA ad break. And then we are going to do a review of an uh, incredible play called Mum's the Word, Nest Half Empty, which I had the... The, uh, the the chance to watch with my sister and it was incredibly funny because because this is a play about moms um having my sister there to be like that's our mom and <laughs> laughing about it was really really cool um but i'll talk more about that in a bit Hey bro, I was kind of thinking that I might want to write like stuff for a magazine, dude. You know you can do that at CITR and Discorder, right? What? Yeah, you can review live shows where you get in for free, or music and books and stuff that's coming out, or do write-ups on artists and local issues for Discorder magazine. That's sick, bro. Yeah, just email volunteer at citr.ca and they can help you get started or just come into the station whenever. Dude, I totally will.
really good, and I've been wanting to find out more about local music. Yeah, I heard about it through CITR and Discorder. What's that? Um, it's a radio station. You can review all the music that comes in and help out with touring bands or just do some data entry to get started in their music department. Oh, cool. Yeah, you can just email volunteer at citr.ca and they can help you get into the station or just come in whenever. Well, I'll be there, so... And we are back. Um, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so, Mom's the Word. About Mom's the Word. So, this is actually the third time Mom's the Word is recreated. So, Mom's the Word is, was created by the Mom's, the Mom's the Word Collective. And it is this collective of five women who are mothers and the way it came to be that nowadays they're probably in their 50s or 60s but the way it was created the first time is that this group of actors actresses had all just had kids and they had not been on the stage for a while because you know children (laughs) are hard to raise and they came together one day they met by chance and they realized that a lot of the struggles they were going through, all the other moms were going through. And as they like set about and joked with themselves, one of their husbands was like, why don't you guys put this on stage? Mm. So like props to the husband for seeing potential. Uh, why don't you guys put this on stage? And they did. And it has been a success. Um, this is the third time. So the first time they did the play, their kids were just babies. The second time they did it, their kids were children. And now the mom's the word is nest half empty. Their children are grown. Their children are adults. And they're going away. And I could not have watched this play at a better time in my life because Mm. I left home not so long ago. completely and my sister just left home a year ago and so for the first time in 19 years my mother has an empty nest and um it was very very interesting uh, the play starts in a way that it reads more like a comedy show rather than a rather than an, an actual play and as it progresses, you kind of fall into, you start following, truly following these women's stories. And each one of them has a very unique story, has a very individual experience. And it's all coming from a place of truth. It's all coming from a very, very personal place. So out of, there are five women. Out of these five women, um, there is one of them who is like a cool mom. Another one of them is a divorcee. She has recently divorced her husband after, uh, like after a really long time. Another one of them is the worried mom, aka my mom. <laughs> Isn't every mom the worried mom? Oh, but like worried, like to a point. I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> but there's one of them who has uh, whose husband has early onset Alzheimer's, and she goes through that story. And uh, the fifth mom, what is the fifth mom's? I can't remember each one of them, and then all of a sudden. That's okay. 
Oh, and the fifth one was uh, kind of like the real down to the ground, like what is happening, mom. Um, so yeah, and it starts off as kind of like this comedy show and they're kind of like doing their individual bits because these are five different stories that are kind of coming together on stage at the same time and it's a little confusing, but if you understand it as a comedy show, it's almost like a stand-up comedy. You're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, and so uh, the reason I found this play so good actually I started it and I was like oh, okay this is like a lot more hyped up than I thought it this has been hyped up too much and then as I progressed it as it, as it went on I realized no this is actually an amazing play was because I do not know any of those women I have never met them before I probably never will but I knew every single one of those women I knew I know a mother that is too worried. I know a mother who's a cool mom, but deep down is worried. I know a mother who's a divorcee and doesn't isn't totally sure what to do. I know all these women and to see them on stage so raw, so real. Part of it was really gut-wrenching. And this is, I think, the first play that left me sobbing and laughing so loud and there were moments that I couldn't stop laughing and there were moments that I couldn't stop crying because I just knew these people without ever knowing them without ever seeing them before that's incredible and I think that's part of the reason Mom's the Word is such a big success is because they're coming from such a beautiful place of truth they're from their own experience and from their own knowledge that there is no way that you can't connect with them somehow. Even as the kid, I'm the kid. I'm not the mother. I'm the kid. And I could still connect to each, every single one of them. And this is the really funny part. So at one point, the really worried mom, and the reason she is, she's really worried all the time, and she's like calling her children every day, aka my mom, because they live outside the country, aka my mom. <laughs> but at one point, she comes down onto the where the audience is and she starts talking moms let's create a list of all the things the kids should do once they get back home when you get back home you are not in a hotel you don't reverse back to being like a kid right and she turns and i'm laughing really hard as she's saying all these things and she turns to me you're a grown-up kid right <laughs> like you're a grown kid right <laughs> and my sister's beside me and i go like yeah and i'm laughing and she's like so you know you know what I'm talking about. Do better for your mom. <laughs> I can't <laughs> I believe like, that. I can't. That's so funny. <laughs> like she, <laughs> I just thought I couldn't stop laughing because I was like, oh my God, I need to call my mom after this she and, was and, tell her, and tell her <laughs> like, mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't call you back sometimes. <laughs> um, but honestly, it, it made me come out of the, that, um, the play with such a bigger not that I don't respect mothers, like, God, I know mothers is, like, the most difficult job in the world. Maybe but, like, empathy. but a lot more empathy to see, like, them so vulnerable. Mm. And it was just very, very fun. And um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's really a play that it can be any st stage of life, really. And go and enjoy it. And 
go with an open mind because this is not a play where I was expecting I was expecting a lot to be like in uh, entertainment wise but I was never expecting what they did to entertain me you know interesting yeah what do you mean um like I was expecting something that would be very entertaining I was expecting kind of like a more story like more like flowed story and then all of a sudden they have like this these bits and pieces and skits and like these really really funny skits and like all of a sudden they break into song they have like two musical sets like they have like a like choreography music like no they're way. singing and i'm like oh my god oh my god i was not expecting this at all and yeah so nest have to empty is happening at the granville island stage um being put on by the um the arts club and it's going to be going on until July 20th. So make sure to check it out. Um, the Arts Club, as usual, has some amazing productions. I'm really, really looking forward to their next year's productions that are coming up, including Sound of Music, which is one of my favorite plays. And um, yeah, that's most of it. I also want to talk a little bit about Hosanna which we had the pleasure to have um frank zotter zotter here a few a week few weeks back uh the main actor playing hosanna talking about the role and the play itself and as i mentioned last time hosanna is a controversial play because it's sometimes transphobic points not transphobic but it can be read as transphobic and watching the play was a very interesting experience because I think that if the actors weren't as good as they were I would not have enjoyed the play as much it is a very difficult play Uh, I can see it as an acting challenge it's a very very difficult play as an acting challenge but I wouldn't say necessarily it is a good play. Um, it, as I was watching it, I understood Frank's points about this being about her identity more than her personal identity more than her identifying as a woman or a man, and I could understand that. But at the same time, a lot of the lines slash speeches, monologues, etc., were highlighted certain things that I wasn't comfortable with. And my discomfort, I believe, is a very telltale sign that what's being said is probably not something that I'm con- like that I'm agreeing that I agree with. It's not something that I am fully comfortable with saying it's not transphobic because I believe that at some points it can be very very easily read as transphobic, and it's just the lines itself. I don't think there's any other way to interpret some of them because they're directly dealing with gender identity at points uh but with that being said i couldn't i did enjoy the play and i the reason i did enjoy the play is because the acting was just magnificent the acting was so intense and brought me in so much that i fell in love with the characters more than i fell in love with their stories and the characters were so well built that I couldn't help but love Hosanna. And I couldn't help but love um, what she was going through. 
and love her passion. Um, but yeah, I don't know if it's a play that I'd say is worth seeing in general. It was a very, it was very, very interesting to see this version of Hosanna, this this rendition of Hosanna, because the actors were so good. So yeah, it's a, a little bit of a mixed feelings there. I did enjoy myself, but again, I think it was because the acting was so superb. You know. I understand. But um, you can't win them all. Yeah, and so. On that kind of not <laughs> kind of uh, note, um, next week we have not one next week, two weeks from now on July third we have also uh, a lot of stuff going on, and we are very excited to have you guys listen to us. Uh, a few reviews, we're gonna have a few interviews as well, and we're just very excited for everything that's coming up. And you know, enjoy summer, go out, catch a sunny day. It's finally feeling like summer. And have fun. See you guys. Or see you. Um, talk to you soon, I guess. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Yeah.